The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello and welcome back to What's This Full House Edition podcast. And in this episode, before I get into episode two, our very first night, I did want to cover uh, just a couple things that I forgot to talk about in episode one. Um, first of all, at in the credits at the end of the episode, I'm just going to go really quickly into kind of uh, who's in order here. Uh, so the first credits at the end of the episode is for John Stamos. Then we have Bob Saget, Dave Coulier, Candace Cameron, and Jody Sweden. Again, we still don't have a credit for Mary-Kate Nashley. Um, obviously, I talked about that in episode one. And okay, I think I'm going to go ahead and go into episode two. There is a lot going on in this episode. First of all, it is called Our Very First Night, and it is a continuation of episode one, Our Very First Show. So it's the same day, just later on in the day. So it is produced by Lenny Rips. It was written by Jeff Franklin, and this one was also directed by Joel Swick. This one aired on September 25th, 1987. And so we're going to go through... The episode. I'm not really going to go into a lot of details about the actors during this episode, but I do want to just kind of jump into the episode. I have a lot of notes written down, so here we go. Jesse and Joey finally master the diaper change. Yes, that they couldn't get in the first episode. So they they did it in 17 minutes, so they beat their old record by 37 minutes. So it took them. 54 minutes to change a diaper. I'm just saying, okay. So they're having some trouble dressing Michelle in her pajamas. And guys, at two minutes, 47 seconds, this is important. This is important. So pay attention. Michelle is sitting in like her on her changing table while they're trying to get her in her pajamas. And she is actually holding a carrot. Okay, keep that in mind because we're going to come back to that later. So Danny walks in on Joey and Jesse dressing Michelle. And so Joey uses this cute little comedic voice as Michelle at three minutes, 30 seconds. And Jesse turns around as they're 
as they're leaving the room, as Jesse and Joey are leaving the room, and honestly, I don't think this was part of the script. I think this was kind of like an ad lib, or they didn't think that they that the camera was still rolling at this point. But at three minutes, 30 seconds, Jesse turns around to Joey, shakes his hand, and says, good job. And it's very quick, and you have to notice that um, on that three minutes, 30 seconds. So... Five seconds later, we're in Jesse's room, and I kind of did some background looking here in this scene. So you have two guitars on the wall. There is lots of stuff on the wall, um, possibly to cover the pink bunnies, because you know pink bunnies, Uncle Jesse doesn't really match. So he's trying to cover them up, really. So he's hanging this Elvis poster by his bed, and it's the King Creole poster, um, with Elvis, and Stephanie enters the room and asks Jesse what happened to her room. And by right by Jesse's bed, kind of where like a bedside table would be, is a vending machine for postage stamps. And they it says 50 cents postage stamps on this little vending machine by his bed. And then, uh, so Stephanie is upset that Jesse is covering up her pink bunnies, and, you know, Jesse's like, they're very pink, and Stephanie then reveals that her mother, Pam, made the bunnies just for her, and Jesse kind of feels guilty about covering them up because Pam was his big sister, and that's probably got to be really hard for him to find that information out. So he takes the poster down, revealing the bunnies, then says that he loves them at 4 minutes, 17 seconds. So then Joey comes in to collect Stephanie for bed as the Sandman Express. And I have always loved this idea that Joey is like this train and he has this harmonica in his mouth and he's on his hands and knees and Stephanie gets on him like like a you know like a train and he's making these noises with the harmonica so Stephanie rides on Joey's back out out of the out of Jesse's room and into her and DJ's room so at 4 minutes 56 seconds Jesse and Danny come in to the girls room and they want Ste Stephanie wants Jesse to tell her a story. So again, this kind of back and forth with Jesse and Stephanie. Um, Jesse says, I don't know any. Stephanie says, yes, he does. He says, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. And so um, she does the, yes, he does. Again, in the first episode, she did this with a different conversation. But again, we move on here. Jesse decides to buy the pouting, and he's like, I'll make one up. So they all gather around DJ's bed, and the storytelling becomes a game where each adult adds a different part of the story. So, I, guys, I really wanted to get this entire story written out so that I could go over what was said, the, the comedic style of this story that was made up, and go over every aspect of it because it's just hilarious. So Stephanie starts out the story by saying, Once upon a time, there was a pretty girl named Cinderella. And then she points to Danny. 
He says, and Cinderella wanted to go to this big fancy ball. And on her way, she wandered into this cabin and she fell asleep in Papa Bear's bed. So she's on the bed. She's out like a light. And when all of a sudden, and they use this, eh, like in a, like a, like a buzzer sound, eh, and they point to the next adult. And I thought that that was pretty funny in, it, in it, it's, itself. So then Joey continues. When Cinderella woke up, she was real thirsty. So she went to the 7-Eleven for a Slurpee where she ran into Bullwinkle. So Bullwinkle says, and he does a Bullwinkle impression, Hello, Cinderella. Would you like to come to the ball with me? Not only am I a great dancer, but you can hang your coat on my antlers. So, eh, and then Uncle Jesse. So Cinderella, Bullwinkle, they get married. They go on the newlywed game and they win a grand prize selected especially for them. Good night. You can tell that Jesse wants nothing to do with this. He wants to leave the room. He wants to stop the story right there. And so he says, good night. And then they, the girls do the buzzer and the story goes to Danny. And he says, until the big bad wolf came over. And he said, open up or I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And I can do it too, because we, as we all know, wolves have an amazing lung capacity. Again, only Danny would say that. So the story goes back to Joey and all he gets out is, as Bullwinkle, he says the word so. And the girls buzz him out and give the story back to Jesse. And Jesse, what he says next is hilarious. So Jesse then says, so the wolf, the moose, the babe, they all fall in love, right? So they move to Sweden where people are a lot more cool about that sort of thing. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Good night and goodbye. So Jesse is on his way out of the room and DJ says, no monsters, no witches, but that story was very scary. And it is just the way she delivers that after this amazing story that was given. Brilliant storytelling right there, I'm just saying. So Steph Stephanie gives Danny a stack of storybooks to study and says, um, study these, we'll talk about them in the morning. So then Danny looks at Jesse and Joey before they leave the room and they say, who wants Puddle Duck and the Quack Quack Gang? And at the same time, Jesse and Joey says that they've read it. So later that night, Danny, Jesse, and Joey are all trying to leave at the same time. See, they all had something to go do, I guess, and none of them communicated with each other about any of it. So Jesse has band rehearsal, and I'm just saying here, I noticed this. As they were trying to all leave, Jesse is holding his guitar in like a rectangle black guitar case, and his motorcycle helmet. So where is he going to put the guitar if he's riding his motorcycle? I'm just pointing that out there. Where's he going to put that? So Jesse has band rehearsal. Joey has a 1030 slot at the laugh machine. And remember the laugh machine, guys, because that's going to come back later too. There's a lot of little tiny Easter eggs that you got to remember for later episodes where they, they mention these places and things like that. So Joey has a 1030 slot at the laugh machine. Danny has to do the sports at 10 o'clock. And Jesse is denied to leave and says, well, I make music that touch people's hearts, that penetrate their very souls. How can you compare that to telling jokes? 
So Jesse says, are you seriously trying to tell me that music is more important than comedy? Jesse's like, you got it, pal. And I love this next sequence because I die laughing every time they do this back and forth. So Joey looks Jesse straight in the eyes and says two words, Ozzy Osbourne. Jesse then says, Rip Taylor, Joey, the Partridge family, Jesse, anyone on hee-haw, Joey, Charo, Jesse, Bozo. So they only settle it the one true way, go. So Joey leaves really quick and Danny leaves and Jesse says, oh, I'll just stay home and read Honey Bunny and the Wee Little Glen. And so Danny leaves and Joey leaves and Jesse's there. Sad that he can't have band rehearsal. So then the girls come back down the stairs at 9 minutes 46 seconds and try to convince Uncle Jesse that Danny lets them have a late night snack. So they pull out ice cream from the freezer. They're going to have ice cream sundaes and chocolate milk and cookies. So he says, freeze, do you think I'm an idiot? And they kind of look at each other like, yeah. And so he allows the girls to have ice cream and chocolate milk, but no cookies. And so... We're back in the girls' room here, and we have DJ and Stephanie who are jump roping in their room, and there's ice cream cartons, and they're dripping all over this typewriter that is, like, closed, like, the compartment of the typewriter is closed, and it's dripping all over the typewriter, and DJ wants to do the hand jive, and they're clearly very, very hyper from all the, sh- from all the sugar, so it gives you a lot of pep. And what Stephanie says, she says, does pet mean you can't blink? And she's got wide eyes and she's so hyper. So the girls hear the band rehearsing downstairs. So so clearly Jesse has invited the band over and they are tuning up to rehearse. So the girls jump into action and they start changing their clothes. At 11 minutes, 25 seconds, you see the first ever appearance of Jesse's band and they have moved all the furniture to the side and they are hanging, there are hanging planets in Joey's alcove. So that's a different element of Joey's alcove um, that is different from the first episode. There's a different decor in Joey's alcove there. So Again, this is the first appearance of Jesse's band. We do not know the name of the band yet, but I I looked at each member here. So we have uh, a bass player, a drummer, a girl singer, uh, a guitar player, and we have Jesse. And in just a little fun fact here, and you don't find this out until way later. So the girl singer, she's got like sprayed on purple like highlights in her hair and she, guys listen, this is so cool because in the episode they don't tell you her name at all. She has no name, none of the other members have a name, but in the credits, at the end credits of the episode, there is a credit for Raven played by Judy Aronson. And that's the only girl that I could think of that had any kind of special appearance in this episode. So the girl singer's name is Raven. How crazy is that? You don't find that out until the end credits of the episode. So 
Jesse takes the drummer sticks from him and replaces them with licorice. And so they're ready to rehearse Jumpin' Jack, Flash, and B, and the band can't practice because they got to be quiet, so they all stop. And so the girls enter from upstairs, all dressed up, ready to party, and the doorbell rings, and DJ says, oh, that's for me. And she says, I bet Dad forgot to tell you about our 11 o'clock pizza. So they open the door, and there's a pizza kid standing there. He says the total is 1150 for a for a pizza. And at this point the pizza kid enters the house wants to check out the band. Again, in the end credits scene, the end of the credits of this episode, you find out that the pizza kid is played by a guy named David Wakefield. And you don't you don't know the pizza guy's name during this episode. You don't find out anything about him except at the end credits it says pizza kid David Wakefield. So I think that's pretty cool that they gave credit to these little guest appearances here um, with Judy Aronson and David Wakefield. So the the kid wants to check out the band. So DJ invites him in the house, which I think is kind of strange to let some random guy in your house, but okay. Um, Jesse seems okay with it. So the band starts to play at 13 minutes and five seconds. And then you get the second exterior shot of the house. And you can tell by this scene transition that some time has passed, like maybe a couple of hours. So the band is playing Little Sister by Elvis, and the girls are standing on either side of the band on like what looks like some kind of amps or uh, music equipment of some kind, and they have the purple spray paint in their hair just like Raven did. And so Joey gets home and starts this conga with the band members and the pizza boy is still there. I don't understand why he's still there. Doesn't he have more to pizzas to deliver? I guess he quit his job. I don't know. So he's still there. And while all this is going on, here comes Danny walking in the house and he is surprised and furious. So they all freeze and Danny says, attention, solid gold farm team. And, you know, guys, as a, as a young person, I didn't know what that meant. So I actually looked up what solid gold farm team, like, meant. So I looked it up, and it's actually, uh, solid gold was a TV show from the 1980s that focused on popular music of that given week. So it was kind of like MTV, I guess. But it included in-house dancers and a and it was, I think, a definite appropriate reference for Danny to use. Very appropriate. So now, in time, it is 12.15 at night or in the morning. So Danny says, get down, and I don't mean get funky. And I actually say that all the time to my dog when she's on the couch or something. Get down, and I don't mean get funky. So anyway, Danny is absolutely furiously livid. And Joey says he's innocent and claims to be a congaholic. And he tries not to break. Guys, Dave Coulier tries not to break so hard when he's trying to say that he's a congaholic. If you watch that part of the episode. So the girls, the girls try to leave the room. And Danny stops them and says, you're in just as much trouble as they are. 
So then Jesse goes ahead and, and takes the blame and says he's needed, he just needed chicks for the party, which is a really lame excuse considering that those are your nieces that are, that are little and they're up past midnight and their father clearly didn't want you to do something like that, but whatever. Jesse's kind of a rebel, rebel anyway. And so he, so Michelle is then woken up and Danny's very, very upset, so Danny, Jesse, and Joey all go upstairs, and Danny takes Michelle out of her crib, and it seems to be that she's teething. And if any of you are parents that have babies that are teething, you know it can be an absolute nightmare to deal with um, crying and and having to deal with all that. And this next thing that Danny says, um, I've had a lot of teeth issues and a lot of teeth um things done. So this description of him talking about a tooth growing in is so funny and I have actually used it. So he says, imagine a sharp, pointy, calcified projectile ripping and knifing its way through your soft, tender, inflamed gum tissue. I think it's so accurate. So Jesse takes over to show them how it's done. So he puts his finger in her mouth, and she magically stops crying. So that's all she wanted, I guess. So he sends Joey to go get Michelle's teething ring from the freezer so he can talk. Joey, or yeah, Danny sends Joey, not Jesse. Sorry. But Joey goes to the kitchen to find Michelle's teething ring so he can talk to Jesse. Danny is disappointed in Jesse. So then Danny leaves Michelle's room, leaving Jesse with Michelle. So we're back in the girls' room here, and Danny walks in, and the girls are fake sleeping. I know as a kid, I did this all the time. I fake sleeped all the time. And they wake up when, um, at, and so at 18 minutes, 51 seconds, we have Danny who comes in and discovers all the empty bowls. Um, of ice cream, but the drippings that I mentioned before that were on the typewriter are gone. So they like cleaned it off and like hid all the cartons and stuff underneath the table that the typewriter was on. So Danny jokingly says that Jesse forced them to have junk food and hid the evidence, but the girls would be lying if they said Jesse did this and they know better. Me. And he says it may be a matter for the police. So the girls look scared and the girls finally break down and to admit to everything and that they need to go apologize to Jesse. So now we're back in Michelle's room with Jesse talking to her and they move, Jesse and Michelle move to Jesse's room and DJ and Steph enter to thank him for trying to keep them out of trouble. So here again, we have another heart talk moment at 20 minutes and 52 seconds. And the girls say they'll try to do better and that they love him. And then they hug at 21 minutes, 15 seconds. So there we go. We have another hug. That's the first hug of this episode here. So then Danny walks into Jesse's room and sends the girls to bed and wants to talk to Jesse again. So Joey enters and says he can't find Michelle's teething ring. And guys, guys, guys. Okay, at 21 minutes, 44 seconds, he says, I brought the next best thing, an ice-cold carrot, just like the very beginning. But Danny seems weirded out, but she had one 
already in the beginning of the episode. Like I said, I said, remember, remember. So another heart talk happens with Jesse and Danny and they apologize. So Jesse doesn't know about all this kid stuff, but both of the guys have to remember. Don't be afraid to say no. Kids need limits. So Jesse says he's been there for 12 hours and he's going to take, it's going to take time. And I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Okay. We're almost done with this episode, but again, um, we have a heart talk here between Danny and Jesse, and Danny apologizes. And so Jesse mentions that he's been there for 12 hours. So again, this is like a, you know, a second part of the first day of him living in the Tanner house. So he says it's going to take him some time and he's going to make it work. So at 23 minutes, 21 seconds, Joey comes back while he's in there um, with the carrot that we talked about that he gives to Michelle. And Joey, Joey then says that he was an only child. And this is a continued thing throughout the entire series. Joey's life is an only child, but he had imaginary brothers and sisters. And he points out that one of them was named Leon. So, um, I don't know if Joey had some trauma as a child. Maybe. I know you find out like a couple of things about him, like later in the series about his life. But I mean, to have an imaginary brother, I mean, that's kind of, uh, I don't know. So Danny then takes Michelle and starts singing lullaby and goodnight. And there's more words I'm not sure of. Okay. Then Joey claims, conga, and they all conga out of Jesse's room. And Jesse actually, before they walk through the threshold of the door, Jesse turns around and says, come on, Leon. And that was kind of weird because Jesse's supporting this imaginary brother of Joey's and maybe they already knew about Leon. There's no mention of Leon before this, and I don't think there's a mention of Leon after this. So, again, in the end credit sequence of this episode, there is still no credit for Mary-Kate Nashley at all. So then we have, um, like I said, there is a credit for... The girl in Jesse's band named Judy Aronson, who plays the part of Raven, and for the Pizza Kid, who is um, played by David Wakefield. So guys, that is ep uh, season one, episode two, our very first night. And I am, I am just so excited about doing this podcast. I can't, I can't believe that this show has aired... Um, for such a long time, and with Fuller House on Netflix, it's just been, like, such an amazing show to watch, and again, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do every single episode of Full House, and then I'm gonna go into Fuller House, and I'm not gonna go into a lot of details about what the actors and actresses are currently 
doing with their lives. I just think that if you're a true Full House fan like myself, you love those details, those little details in the show. And um, I have so much information about it. It's amazing. And if you guys have anything that I missed, please let me know. I would love to know. I would love to know. And you can contact me at fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. This is this is not only fun for me, I, I talked to my mom about this and she actually gives me a lot of clues and things that I may have missed through each episode. Um, she did say that in our very first night that DJ and Stephanie both have their ears pierced and their earrings change at one point. I did not notice this and then she, she told me about it. And then we find out later in the series something about Stephanie that's not so consistent with that. But we will get there. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope you're being safe in these, in these dark times, all right? All right, guys. Well, I will see you next time. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone, and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.